Onesimus. One who is useful. That's what that means. And I was assigned this topic. They asked that I talk about it from a level of becoming profitable even if we weren't before. Can somebody turn on the one back there? Okay. I thank my God making mention of you always in my prayers, hearing of your love and faith which you have towards God. This is from Philemon, the fourth chapter, or the Philemon verses 4 through 20. I thank my God making mention of you always in my prayers, hearing of your love and faith which you have toward the Lord Jesus and toward all the saints, that the sharing of your faith may become affected by the acknowledgement of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. For we have great joy and consolation in your love, because the hearts of the saints have been refreshed by you, brother. Therefore, though I might be very bold in Christ to command you what is fitting, yet, for love's sake, I rather appeal to you, being such a one as Paul, the aged, and now also a prisoner of Christ Jesus, I appeal to you for my son Onesimus, whom I have begotten while in my chains, who once was unprofitable to you, but now is profitable to you and to me. I'm sending him back. You therefore receive him, that is, mine own heart, whom I wish to keep with me, that on your behalf he might minister to me in my chains for the gospel. But without your consent I wanted to do nothing, that your good deed might not be by compulsion, as it were, but voluntary. For perhaps he departed for a while for this purpose, that you might receive him forever, no longer as a slave, but more than a slave, a beloved brother, especially to me, but how much more to you, both in the flesh and in the Lord. If then you count me as partner, receive him as you would me. But if he's wronged you or owes anything, put that on my account. I, Paul, am writing with my own hand, I will repay. Not to mention to you that you owe me even your own self besides. Yes, brother, let me have joy from you in the Lord. Refresh my heart in the Lord. Now we gather from this that Onesimus was a slave of Philemon's and that he ran away. That makes him pretty unprofitable, don't you think? A useless slave who runs away and doesn't carry out his duties. And somehow or other in Rome, he, he runs across Paul and Paul converts him to Christianity. Now, and he serves Paul very well. And Paul is sending him back to Philemon. You know, if you, did you look at the number of ways Paul is putting pressure on Philemon to treat Onesimus very, very well when he gets back? To not be mean to him, to kill him, 
or to whip him or all of those kinds of things that were within his purview. But instead, he puts pressure on him to treat him like a brother with love, with care. To treat him like he would treat Paul. After all, he only owed Paul everything he had, right? That's what Paul says. Only other place we see this mentioned is, is in Colossians 4, verses 7 through 9, where it says, Tychius, a beloved brother, faithful minister, and your fellow servant of the Lord, will tell you all news about me. I am sending him to you for this very purpose, that he may know your circumstances and comfort your hearts. With Onesimus, a faithful and beloved brother who is one of you, they will make known to you all things which are happening here. So, apparently, Onesimus and Philemon were from Corinth. And I just throw that in because I like to find out where things are from, where people are from, and that's about the only times we, we're told about Onesimus in the New Testament. And Galatians, the fifth chapter, which is what we've been talk, talking about, now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law, and those who are Christ's have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. Now, I would submit to you that that entire list over here on the left-hand side is unprofitable. Would you agree with that? Any of that sound profitable to any of you? I don't think so. But every bit of this on the right, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, every one of those is profitable if we can, can include them in our repertoire. Every one of them, if we can share them with others, is great. We build up others. That makes us a profitable individual. In Second Peter, the first chapter, verses 5 through 11, it says, But also for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge self-control, to self-control perseverance, to perseverance godliness, to godliness brotherly kindness, and to the brotherly kindness love. For if these things are yours and abound, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted even to blindness and has forgotten that he is, was cleansed from his old sins. Therefore, brethren, be ever, even more diligent to make your call and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. For so an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So we start out, whoops, we start out with faith. 
That's believing in Jesus Christ. Believing in God. To that, we add virtue. That's trying. That's becoming a Christian, if you will. To that, we add knowledge. We cannot grow in our Christianity without knowledge, without studying, without learning about what Christ wants from us, from what God wants from us. To that, we need to add self-control. If we don't learn self-control, we have no control. We have no control if we don't learn self-control. And we have to keep trying because we are going to lose ourselves. We're going to mess up every day. So we have to add perseverance. That's getting back up and trying again. To that we need to add godliness. That's trying to be ever more godlike. Ever more to be towards what Jesus Christ lived, how he, the example he set, and how God wants us to live. To that we need to add our brotherly kindness. That's being kind to those who are around us. And to that we need to add love. That's real, honest to God love for those around about us. Those things make us profitable. And if we're doing the opposite of those, I submit to you that we are unprofitable. In Titus, Paul says, Remind them to be subject to rulers and authorities, to obey, to be ready for every good work, to speak evil of no one, to be peaceable, gentle, showing all humility to all men. For we ourselves were also once foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving various lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. But when the kindness and the love of God our Savior toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us through the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior, that having been justified by his grace, we should become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. This is a faithful saying, and these things I want you to affirm constantly that those who have believed in God should be careful to maintain good works. These things are good and profitable to men. You know, we're to, to obey, to be ready for every good work, to speak evil of no one, that means no gossip, no carrying on about what other people have done, how they've wronged us, what they've done to us. To be gentle, I, sometimes that gets a little tough. I don't know. For me, it, it can be tough sometimes to be gentle. Showing all humility unto all men. For we were also once foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving various lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. 
I submit to you that those things are unprofitable. Hating. Hating one another. Having malice toward one another. Doing evil to one another. That's, that's unprofitable. It's not going to bring anybody to God. But if instead... Excuse me. If instead we rely on the mercy of Jesus Christ through the washing and the regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Spirit, which was poured out on us abundantly through Jesus Christ, because we have been justified by His grace, that we become heirs according to the hope of eternal life, that we can be good and profitable men. Therefore, my beloved and longed-for brethren, my joy and crown, so stand fast in the Lord, beloved. I implore you, Eudia, and I implore Syntyche to be of the same mind in the Lord. I also urge you, true companion, help these women who labored with me in the gospel, with Clement also, and the rest of my fellow workers, whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Let your gentleness be made known, be, be well be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, Whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things, the things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be in you. Sorry. Therefore, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there's any virtue and if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on, meditate, think on. Bring these things into your heart. This is what makes us profitable. Then in 1 Corinthians, the 10th chapter, Paul says, All things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful for me, but not all things edify. Let no one seek his own, but each one the other's will be. Eat whatever is sold in the meat market, asking no questions for conscience' sake, for the earth is the Lord's in all its fullness. If any of those who do not believe invite you to dinner and you desire to go, eat whatever is sent before you, asking no questions for conscience sake. But if anyone says to you, this was offered to idols, do not eat it for the sake of the one who told you. And for conscience sake, for the earth is the Lord's in all its fullness. Conscience, I say, not your own, but that of the other. For why is my liberty, George, judged by another man's conscience? But if I partake with thanks, why am I evil? Why am I evil spoken of for the food over which I give thanks? 
Therefore, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Give no offense either to the Jews or to the Greeks or to the church of God, just as I also please all men in all things, not seeking my own profit, but the profit of many, that they may be saved. What Paul's telling us here is that what we need to do is to live our lives in such a way that we are serving those around us. In such a way that we are encouraging those around us. That helps us to be profitable for Christ. You know, there's a whole lot of things that we need to do. We need to live our lives for God. When we're working for somebody, we need to do that job like we're doing it for God. Not just because we're working for the dollar. When we live our lives, we need to live it with love and concern for those who are around us. Encouraging them. Building them up. Are we doing that? Or are we instead trying to seek our own and gain every possible advantage that we can by any trick that we can get? You see, it's a matter of attitude and how we live as to whether we're profitable or whether we're not. Onesipus initially was not profitable because... He ran off. He was a slave and he ran off. And I submit to you that a slave that runs off or an employee that runs off ceases to be profitable at that moment. Even if, And if they're sitting there fighting you tooth and nail, I promise you, an employee is not profitable if he's fighting you tooth and nail on everything you're trying to get him to do. But Paul sent Onesimus back because he had taught Onesimus what he needed to do to be a servant of God and to try and serve. And he was, in fact, serving Paul. Today, are you serving yourself or are you trying to serve God? Are you being unprofitable or are you being profitable? Think about it. And if there's anything that we can do to be of service to you, would you come as we stand and as we sing?